Welcome to Triumph. This is a story about God's healing mercy after an abortion experience. I'm Tim Welsh, and I am Executive Director of Bethesda Healing Ministry here in Columbus, a ministry that's been around for 26 years, that, um, whose sole mission is to help women and men navigate the, the stormy waters sometimes of a healing journey through a past abortion experience. I'm joined by my wife, Jo. Hello. Uh, good morning, or whatever time of day it is, I suppose. Um, <laughs> And we're going to talk a little bit today about the journey. You're, you're listening to this this show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, and we're so thankful for our, our opportunity here. But today we're going to talk about the journey, Joe. I mean, we've talked a little bit about uh, – we, the first couple of shows we did, we talked about um, the experience, you know, what, what you went through. You went through a teen pregnancy when you were 16 years old with your high school boyfriend, and then – uh, at 19, as as you and I began to date, you be, we became sexually active, and uh, you became pregnant again, as is sometimes the case when you become sexually active, true. right? True, true, yes. uh, It's kind of cause and effect. Um, and, so, and you decide to have an abortion, and uh, then went through a period of about 34 years where we didn't even have a a small conversation about that and and um and went through a journey that I think is important for people to understand that that it it's sort of the lost it's the lost part of the abortion debate that you know we always talk about the legalities and and all of the slogans and all that other stuff in the meantime there are women out there that are that are hurting and going through a certain amount of remorse and guilt and pain and mm-hmm. and uh they just need all of our help and that's why you and I are here today is just to kind of unpack some of that stuff. And some of this is kind of painful, you know. I mean, you have you found that out in the first couple of shows, didn't you? True. Uh, so let's talk about the journey. I mean, you you, sure. you uh, at some moment you came to a realization after a long time of, of, uh, of just feeling I think something wasn't right and something wasn't quite – that that something was missing and and just share if you will kind of what what that looked like how you came to that realization what you were thinking when you when you got there and and all of that sure well that's a lot yeah it is i'll 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 take a nap and you can just talk (laughs) okay all right so you were you were mentioning kind of what was missing and uh, as we were raising our kids, I always felt, um, I guess I always felt something was missing there. Like I didn't have that real strong connection to our kids. I mean, I was na- helping navigate them through, you know, toddler, elementary school, high school, on to college. And it was just kind of, I was in it and I wanted to really control what how the outcome was going to be. I wanted to control their lives enough that they didn't make the mistakes that I made. Uh, Not sharing with them, of course, the mistakes I made, but um, uh, just projecting, I guess, that somehow I, I, I didn't, it wasn't a verbal thing. It was just like I was all tied up in them being perfect and looking perfect and me looking perfect and you looking perfect. So, a lot of, that's a lot of 
perfection. Yeah, it's a lot of baggage, isn't it? And <laughs> and exactly. so when you say you didn't want them to make the mistakes that you made, what were what did you view as those? What were those mistakes? I mean, well, when you boiled it down to something, what would you say? Don't do this. Um, being involved in a relationship where you're sexually active before you're married. I mean, that's pretty much bottom line. Sure. Um, so over the years, you know, you you being in the pro-life world and you knew a lot about um, post-abortion kind of healing or you not a lot about it, but you knew about it. And, you know, just over the years, it always seemed like we were fine in our relationship, but then there were the, those times where, you know, we just had difficulty. Maybe you were um, just kind of exasperated with me. And it, it was mostly to do with kind of that intimate relationship, not next, not necessarily sexually, but just our connection to one another because um, there's just always something there between us. And um, we talked a lot about it and, you know, work kind of work through those times. But then it just came to to the point where I think you probably said to me, you know, what about your abortion? And, you know, maybe there's some healing that you could at least look into. You know, why not try that? Because I think I had been... I don't know if I'd been to a therapist or not, but when you know when you go to therapy, you don't necessarily tell the whole truth anyway. So uh, I certainly wouldn't mention that. Especially, <laughs> let, let's talk about that for just a second because that that's a very that's a very fascinating point to me. It always has been that that um, you know abortion is that dirty little secret, mm-hmm. and and you and I talked a lot about why there was a sort of a lack of intimacy in our relationship and there wasn't a real connection. And by the way, we've been married for 41 years. It's not like all, it was all bad or anything, right. but, but the, and you know, but we, we did talk a little bit about that and, and it concerned me a lot um, through that, through those times, but um, we never connected the dots. No. I mean, for three decades, we never even connected the dots. And, and I know that there are, are women out there, and I, you were the same way, I think, that were just in denial completely and that we're not going to talk about that no matter what. Right. I mean, you were never going to share this with the kids. You were never going to tell your story in public. And here we are on radio telling it to, you know, the six gazillion listeners to St. Gabriel Radio. You know, I mean, right. it's, it's sort of, um, so, so that's the freedom that, and and that's the sort of journey that I, I at the end of the you know at the end of this program or maybe at the end of the next one we can sort of get to how you got there because yeah, yeah. frankly there are women you mentioned that you weren't going to tell a therapist. I mean, there are women who would say I would lie to my therapist and say, "Oh right. no, that wasn't me," just oh, yeah. because it's this little secret and it's such a it's it's again. Abortion is just not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, no. the women who are in regret are in deep, deep, deep regret. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we, um, you were at, worked at PDHC at the time, and they had an abortion healing program, and I wasn't really comfortable going there to kind of start my journey or to check out the whole healing process. So, Because I was the boss there. Because right? you were the boss there. Yeah. And, 
you know, I, I thought, you know, I'm not going to tell a therapist. I'm certainly not going to tell people that worked for you. No, right? So I neither went, one of us was ready for that. I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right. So, um, you know, I had seen Bethesda in the Catholic Times for many years. Mm-hmm. The, the the little ad about hey, abortion healing happens on these nights. So I had been seeing it and then um, gave them a call and uh, went to my first meeting. And boy, if you hadn't dropped me off at the door, if you hadn't driven me there, I probably wouldn't have gone. Probably would have driven around the neighborhood. But um, I went in just terrified because, you know, I might know somebody in there, which which is They'd be there for the same thing, right? Yeah, it's kind of that, that's kind of that twisted thinking and that bizarre th- thinking. I mean, I the listening audience may or may not um, remember or may not even know that you know, 13 years ago, I declared myself as an alcoholic, and right. you know, you you go to your first alco- you go to your first AA meeting, and um, you're afraid you're going to know somebody when you walk in the door when, in fact, everybody is there be- for the exact same reason you are, and right. they're probably afraid they're going to see you, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, it's, it's bizarre. But I did w- – walking in there was scary because I was walking in by myself into really an unknown kind of situation. Oh, yeah. But the the women that were there were so warm and um, welcoming and – um just really embraced me because they had walked through that door for the first time themselves. So, um, and you know, part of me doing this and, and being on this journey, I don't want to ever forget that feeling of being terrified to go get help for, for my abortion healing. And I, I don't ever want to forget that feeling and I don't want, um, I don't want to just make that sound like, oh, it was easy. I went there and here I am today um, because I I think women are afraid. And, and once, once you say that word abortion out loud, that alone is kind of freeing because I would not utter that word for ever. And even when I started going to Bethesda and, you know, you, you, there's a little – you know, you go around the room and talk about, you know, kind of why you're there and how many years since your abortion, you had to actually say the word. Mm. And um, so and it, it's just those little tiny steps that you have to take sometimes to get to where you are. And I started my healing process there in 2011. 2011? Yes. Yes, 2011. And so... That was almost 20 years ago, or, or 10 years ago. I can't do my math today. Or, yeah, well, uh, you're still healing. <laughs> I'm still healing. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, you're listening to Triumph on St. Gabriel Radio. It's it's uh, Tim and Joanne Welsh here talking about the journey in, in abortion healing and, and God's healing mercy after an abortion experience. And let's talk about that freedom for just a second, Joe. I mean, okay. we, we um, uh, what I see in, it, what I have seen from a, a not very um, uh, objective viewpoint is someone who has get, regained the joy that I fell in love with when we were first dating. And um, 
And I fall in love with you more every day, by the way. So there you have today's today's good word for you. But the point is that that you have regained your joy. You, I mean, there, you, you've been happy during times of our, our lives, but there hasn't been a real joy. And explain that. Explain that. Maybe you can unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, joy always seemed to be one of those words that was very extreme to me. Like, I don't know how I could ever feel like that much happiness or contentment or just peace that I would have joy. I never thought I could be there. I just thought this was my life. I was going to slog through it. And then I say this all the time and then I die. Mm. <laughs> and then I, you know, it'd be over. But I mean, that's kind of the life I was leading. I, you know, I, I made sure that everybody around me was happy and had what they need to have their joy. But and my job was just to make sure they got what they wanted, I guess, is, is kind of, this is just coming all to me. And that's the kind of the f- strange thing about abortion healing. Maybe it's not strange. I don't mean to use that word, but it's an interesting part of it is that for 34 years, I tucked all that away mm-hmm. and I did not express it. And... So things come to me as I'm going through this process. Sure. Like I have all I have these revelations like oh that's that's beautiful. I never looked at myself like that or whatever. So it it's kind of funny that you know as we talk sometimes I'm I'm saying things that I've just never really thought about. Oh yeah. So. I I recognize that. <laughs> So as as you are regaining that joy what how is that how has this whole journey affected uh your relationships in all sort of senses I mean by the way I I should probably stop here and just sort of explain something that that at there there are a number of ways to go through the healing process right I mean so some people will go to therapy first. Some people will go to a thing called Rachel's Vineyard, which is an intense weekend offered by uh, Priests for Life, and mm-hmm. it's it's uh, here in Columbus as well. Uh, some people go through, you know, some 12 or, or 8 or 10 or 12-week program and, and sort of graduate from that, and some people go through a more longer-term sort of communal-based uh, uh, healing process. And so if you, if you sort of uh, equate that to the alcoholic, for instance. I always, I, it's not like I'm obsessed with the alcoholic or anything, but it, it makes perfectly good sense to me. A lot of alcoholics, when they finally des- decide they need some help, they go through detox. And that's just that, that's just that thing where you, you spend some time, some very intense time, sometimes under the, under medication, and you just, you just rid yourself of everything. And that's kind of counseling and, the Rachel's Vineyard experience, and those 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 are all offered here in Columbus. Um, and then you know, typically a lot of people then will go through what's called rehab, which is is sort of a sometimes it's an intensive outpatient uh, situation where they they are in an outpatient therapy thing. Sometimes it's inpatient, but it's 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 a time that you spend a finite length of time, which is usually six, eight, ten, twelve weeks, and 
try to figure out, put together the tools that will be necessary for you to move forward. So that's kind of the rehab piece. And that would be, uh, there are a number of programs like that in Columbus. There's there is uh, Forgiven and Set Free that I know the women's clinic offers. There is uh, um, Living in Color, which I know that that uh, PDHC offers, for instance. There is also other programs. The Vineyard op- offers this thing called Heart, which is the healing effects of abortion-related trauma. It's an acronym for that. Um, and but then there's then there's this longer term AA thing where you just come together all the time and you share your experience, strength, and hope with people, and that's more what Bethesda does. It's you know there are people that that um, will go to Bethesda for eight or ten or twelve years and and they'll keep coming back because there's that community and they can talk freely and they can share their stories with each other and where they've been and what happened and what what it's like today. So so. That, for me, has always been a good uh, way to equate all of the healing uh, programs that are available to people. Um, but back to the question, you know, what does – what what is all of this and, – and you went through all of those, right? right. Yes. I mean, you, you went yes. through Rachel's Vineyard. I participated in a couple of those uh, at some level. Uh, you went through counseling. You went through um, – uh, the PDHC stuff. You went through, uh, you know, heart at that time. I think was what they were using, or was it living in color? Living in color. And now we're we're heavily invested in in uh, Bethesda, not only for me uh, running the place, but also for you um, being part of the ministerial team there. So, um, so how does how, so so that's the kind of the journey you've been through at a at a high level kind of uh, timeline thing, but. But how has all that journey affected your relationships, not only just with your children, but with other people and with with you and me, with um, even your father when he was uh, still living and, and your your extended family and all of that? Why don't you see if you can unpack that? That's, um, that'll take another half an hour, right? Right, right. And we only have eight minutes. <laughs> sure. Um, you can do it. So um, – at where I was when I started my journey, it was very um, – my relationships were kind of uh, at arm's length, if you will. Um, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends because I didn't want anyone to really get to know me that well to know kind of my past. I mean, maybe they already, maybe they knew it, but I wasn't going to discuss it with anybody, right? So um, – I know I didn't have a lot of those relationships, but I, you know, we had kids and five kids. So, you know, you don't have a lot of time for extracurriculars. So, um, but it was always that there was always something there. I always kind of built a wall between me and other people, <clears throat> other people. And like with you, I mean, there was always something there kind of between us uh, as far as the kids go it was the same kind of thing because I didn't really ever want them to know about my past. So um, uh, once I started working through my journey and, you know, obviously the effects, you know, between you and I were pretty um, dramatic because I was actually working through it and um, I had, um, you know, you knew 
uh, I didn't work through that, um, uh, my, my relationship with the kids until much later. And, um, and with friends, I mean, I have friends, but I still kind of feel like, oh, well, I'm not sure why they like me. But um, so I always have that kind of insecurity about my relationships. Um, as far as my relationship with God, I think it's, it, it could still be better, of course, right? We're always striving. Um, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a really good place right now. And, and a lot of times as I'm uh, working through, um, uh, as I'm, you know, reading gospel readings or whatever, and I, and I have some, you know, something hits me and, and it's just another way of healing and, and, and kind of understanding that. So um, I just, I feel like I'm more open to people and it's not like I share my story every on all the time on the street corner, but I certainly feel like it's kind of an unspoken thing that I'm more open to people and to um, kind of being in a relationship. And one of the things that I always um, sort of picture as a, as a caricature of all this is is building a silo of of bricks around your heart you know i think we talked about this at one point where you just you're constructing this this silo around yourself that nobody can really get in and they're all and and Mm -hmm. and it gets constructed pretty quickly i mean it actually gets the bricks are all stacked up and you just go at it and because you because of the guilt and the shame and the sorrow and all of that one tends to to erect that silo very quickly because yeah. you're yeah. you're going about the business. It's it's high priority to keep your your sanity and your the secret you've got and everything else intact, yeah. right? And yeah. then so, but the the deconstruction of that silo takes a lot more time. Yeah. The deconstruction of that silo, you got to chip away all the mortar, and then you got to pull out all the. You got to pull each brick off. You know, you got to right. one right. at a time. You, you, the mortar is kind of the the. Um, uh, I don't I don't know if dishonesty is the right term, but it's it's that it's that hiding. It's that it's that cohesive sort of part of the whole silo that that keeps these bricks together that doesn't allow you to talk with anybody right but then the bricks themselves are guilt and shame and and relationships and all of that stuff right um yeah so um um you you certainly are much more open to uh your relationships and and by the way i i just it feels to me that after many many years of of sort of hiding and 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 I don't think this is uncommon but after many years of hiding and and um denying and all of that stuff I think now where you, where you kept people at arm's length I think now and you've got to be able to sense this too Joe I I we haven't really talked about this but people are clamoring to be your friend I mean because they can see the joy, and they don't even know what they're seeing. They don't even understand the difference because they, to your point, they didn't know what you, they really didn't know what you were going through. Right. Um, well, and, and you're you're keeping you're keeping such a tight um, hold, and and that whole analogy of you know keeping a, a ball a beach ball underwater. I mean, you're. I was working real hard to keep it all together, keep people from knowing me and, and just really opening up and going through this journey. It's just allowed me to 
just know that God has forgiven me, which was difficult for me to accept for a long time. But um, he has forgiven me. And um, I really want to, I want others to have the freedom and the joy that I have. The um, the analogy with the beach ball, I think, is really good one. I don't know if you made that up or whether you read it someplace or not, but that that is uh, trying to hold a beach ball. You know, keeping this this a secret and and holding that holding on to that secret so tightly is like keeping a beach ball underwater. Mm-hmm. That you know you got to hold on to it with both hands. You can't let go of it because right. if you let go of it, it's going to pop up above the water and make a big splash, and everybody's going to notice. Right, and you don't want that as you're going through this because again as we started this program abortion is the dirty little secret that nobody nobody seems to want to um want to talk about let me ask you a couple of quick questions and then and and then um um we can sort of move on part of the healing process was naming the child and you named the child daniel how did how'd you come across that um i think i it was it was part of reading scripture and you know um just reading about daniel and then for some reason it just struck me that this was a this was a boy and his name's daniel i it was just it just came to me uh, and, and he really had no way of knowing the gender of the child no no because you'd never they just, they just that that's not part of the the whole process no 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 yeah so it was just it just came to me and and that's part of the process is is recognizing um, the child as a child and uh, naming it, and then it, it because as you work through it, it kind of gives you a a way to um, accept it, own it, and then let go of it. So, thanks for your candor again. Uh, this is I, I think this is a great uh, conversation between the two of us. I I have again fallen in love with you more today than I was in love with you yesterday and more today than I than when we started this show and I just thank you for that and I'd like to end this with something that really caught you the other day that we were talking about and it's a scripture verse from Isaiah and it says not by appearance shall he judge nor by hearsay shall he decide but he shall judge the poor with justice and decide a right for the lands afflicted and that that really gives us all hope that that God's going to forgive us. No, there's not there's not right. too big a sin for God. Right. So, thanks for listening today. You've been listening to Triumph. It's a show about God's healing mercy after an abortion experience. I'm Tim Welsh with my lovely wife Joe. Thanks for sh- thanks for uh, showing up today. Thank you. <laughs>